Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it and how would it come in handy? This is what I'm asking myself every single day. Even if I'm not planning on going on a trip where I need to use a new language, I'm just like, my brain needs to stay alive. My brain needs to stay active. And there's only so many crossword puzzles I can do in one week. And that's why exactly. I just feel like putting my mind to the test would just be using Rosetta Stone to improve my language skills. And I'm always like idealizing Oh, I want to learn Francais. So when I go to Francais, I can speak French <laughs> with the person in You go to Quebec. <laughs> but really, I'm speaking I'm speaking on a like dream level, which is also great. Use Rosetta Stone to learn the language of a place you're dreaming of visiting. But also practically, it makes more sense for me to learn Spanish. And if I'm gonna learn Spanish, I'm gonna do it on Rosetta Stone. That's amazing. They've been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users, and they have 25 languages offered. You have fast language acquisition because they immerse you in the language. There aren't English translations, so you really learn to speak. You listen. You think in the language of Rosetta Stone, and it has an intuitive process, so you pick up the language naturally. First words, then phrases, then sentences, which means it's designed for long-term retention. And the app has a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, like <laughs> having a personal trainer for your accent. It's very helpful, okay? That was good. That was good. Thank it's, you. It's convenient. There's an amazing value. You can get a lifetime membership and just have every single language, all 25 languages you can have for your lifetime, and you can just work through them as long as you're alive. That's kind of an iconic mm -hmm. goal to have. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Who Weekly listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash who. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash who today. You will say Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And you're listening to Who's There, a weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. Here's the first call. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby. Uh, I just wanted to call in with a suggestion. And, and I want to preface it by saying, like, I love women. I am a woman. And it, the thing is, the, and this is mostly to Lindsay, our voices are just a little bit higher than men's voices. And, you know, women's voices can get into the annoying area if it can get too high. So if, if y'all could just lower your pitch a tad. If you think I'm being sexist about this, then I don't know what to do with you. Crunch, crunch. What are you talking about? <laughs> wow, Lindsay. Fighting words. So this wasn't this caller. We would never play a caller calling and saying this to us. No, no. This caller was quoting Jane Lynch. People have called and said this to us in more vague terms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. they're usually talking about Bobby's voice. <laughs> I love Meredith's reaction to this. Friend of the pod slash friend. Meredith Haggerty tweeted, I'm going to internalize uh, misogyny. That is so predictable, predictable as a response to this. It's also just funny because like tweeting something like Jane Lynch tweeting something like this. When I first started reading the tweet, I was like, oh, it's about funny girl. 
right? I mean, what yeah. what else would it be about? Why why would it, she's just going to tweet some random thing? No, we're like the news is the eyes are on her. She's got she's responding to something, and then it was something so out of left field. A wall of text that begins with "I love women." I am a woman. It fully is like, what you going to say about Beanie and Leah? But then it right. instantly like takes a left turn. <laughs> what podcast is she listening to? I have to know whose voice is simply too high. This is like the most misguided thing to tweet in 2022. It's just really funny to me. No one should be subtweeting and especially not celebrities in 2022. Exa- and subtweeting like an issue that is historically sexist and annoying. You know what I mean? Like not even... <laughs> right, like all voices are annoying in some way right yeah. like i've turned on podcasts and be like not this voice for me like and i can't go back beyond we all have our oral preferences but like to tweet it like this is like you almost already know what people are gonna say because it's like i love women i am a woman if you think this is sexist fuck you mm-hmm. but if you're tweeting that god Jane Lynch, get a group chat. <laughs> like, Jesus. <laughs> like listening to a podcast about a woman being murdered and being like, this host's voice is too high. It's simply too high. <laughs> do you think she's listened to We Can Do Hard Things by Glennon Doyle? I actually don't know what Glennon's voice sounds like. It's not that. I don't think it's that high. But also, high, what does high even mean to her? You know, would my voice, voice be considered high? Who She did a, I was looking her up. I was like, Jane Lynch, podcast work. And she did a fictional podcast with the queen of high voice herself, Christian Chenoweth. Could she not listen to it because Kristen Chenoweth's voice is simply too high? Her voice is iconically annoying. She's made a whole career of it. Her entire aura is iconically annoying. She's one of the most iconically annoying people on the planet. Exactly. And you're telling me that you're going to do a podcast with her, but then tweet that whatever episode of Red Scare you're listening to, just the voices are too high. (laughs) Whatever. She's listening to like the Megyn Kelly podcast, you know. Oh my God, you're right. Well, if she put the actual demon she's listening to here, maybe I would sympathize. I would say, yeah, too high. Jane Lynch sending Mandy Matney from the Murdoch murders like hate mail every day of her life. <laughs> oh, my God. Mandy would eat her alive. <laughs> Don't come for Mandy. She's done too much work. That guy's going to jail. Mandy knows so much about murder. You do not want to mess with her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, Mandy will do a murder and get away with it. And it will be... And honestly, those Glee kids, <laughs> like, they're cursed. So I wouldn't I wouldn't ask for it. Was she listening to Back to the Beach with Kristen and Steven? What? Oh. I think of Kristen Cavallari as having a low voice, but also I think maybe Jane Lynch may just hate women's voices. <laughs> yeah, I think that's maybe it. Steven. <laughs> I haven't listened to that pod yet. Is it good? Have you heard it? Which one? Oh, Back, Back to, the, to beach? the Beach? No, not yet. Are you going to listen to it? Of course. Do you think they'll have sexual tension? I hope. That's part of the draw. <laughs> well, they had like a very combative relationship and like like bantery, like almost like being mean to each other, but it's hot. So but I think hot. that could be, that could remain the kind of like the jibbing, jibbing, yeah. jibbing, J- jabbing, ribbing, 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 the ribbing, gentle Thank ribbing. You. I think you were combining gentle and ribbing. <laughs> Sure, I was doing that, yes. For those who don't know, Back to the Beach is the Kristen Cavallari, Stephen Coletti podcast that just came out where they're re-watching Laguna Beach. There's nothing funnier than Kristen Cavallari and Stephen Coletti excluding Spencer and Heidi from like their huge podcast rewatch deal when Spencer's been like doing that on his own vaguely for years. Mm-hmm. Do you know, it's just so, 
It's so, I'm sorry, Spencer. Like, it's so funny, Spencer. I'm so sorry. She's like, I'm going to monetize it. Sorry. She said, I'm going to go around you, not include you, and make more money than you ever <laughs> did on whatever you were doing. You know what I mean? It's so fascinating mm-hmm. to have all these different elements of rewatch. Like, everybody's come in. Everybody's coming in trying to, like, monetize off the rewatch. Mm-hmm. They're so cute. <laughs> Who, Steven and Kristen? Yeah, look at them. You, They're just so cute. Oh, my God. You... Did you I text love me Kristen. Something? What? No, I didn't text Wait, you anything. I'm just looking at a photo of Kristen and Steven thinking about oh, okay. how cute they are. <laughs> They're cute. I love her as a single entity. Like, I'm so happy she divorced her, like, weird, bad, conservative football husband, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And now she's, like, free to just flirt and, like, be, like, reportedly with people that she's photographed with. And, mm-hmm. like, it's just great. And hang out with, like, her gay best friend in, like, Cabo during pandemic and never coming home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you had a great joke about her being like a bitch in our live show that always made me laugh <laughs> that's a bitch or I something really for- like that I don't know <laughs> she just like looks like a bitch it's almost because she's the epitome of what Millennial I bitch. think a bitch to look like because like I watched her on TV and she was a bitch do you know what I mean it's almost my it's my bias you know I can't believe Jane Lynch was on Paula Poundstone's podcast <laughs> she's like now that's a voice <laughs> well that's what I'm trying to think it's like what's the vo- you know like what are the receipts provide the voice what's the voice you know if you don't sound like Paula Poundstone Jane Lynch does not want you in her ear you know it just it's just so funny to me this this tweet just out of nowhere for no reason just coming for no one specific the industry at large Women's voices can get into the annoying area. Oh, I know. (laughs) What is the end result of these? What is the desired end result of this tweet? Does she think that people are actually going to heed this advice? No. She just wants to complain. She just wants to be an asshole. Well, that's why when I was like, when I was watching the Elizabeth Holmes, I said, maybe I should lower my pitch a tad to like match hers. Mm -hmm. And then like, I won't be in the annoying area as defined by jane lynch mm-hmm. see i'm going down a, i'm going down a pitch yeah. maybe God, i should I go, down go that low <clears throat> no you're <laughs> i'll go down a little bit if we're both down here then maybe jane lynch will listen to our podcast jane will start listening okay so i feel like i can't do this without doing uh, uh romy white you're doing your accent too. i'm doing romy white like a... <laughs> right <laughs> you are and i am doing i'm also doing that as well Okay, so we're Romy White. Let's play some comments. Then why don't you just give us um, two burgers and fries and Diet Cokes because we're in a hurry. Guys, I just want to give a shout out to Julia Fox's stylist, Brianna Andalore, who is a friend of mine and is behind all of Julia's attention-grabbing looks. Um... She's an icon, and they've been friends for a million years. Um, yeah, check her out. She's the woman behind the looks um, and killing it and kind of worthy of as much attention as Julia, to be honest. Anyway, crunch, crunch. She's an icon. She's a legend? Yeah. She's a moment? Great to hear. I love that. I love that, too. What else is there to say? <laughs> I mean, just shout out to her and like keep up the good work. I, like, what else? What literally? What else is there to say? Keep up the good work. I just I just opened up the Us Weekly newsletter, and this line break is kind of unfortunate. I was scrolling, and all I saw was Jesse James Decker attends bl- Brother John's wedding after falling, and then I scrolled further, and it said out. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, oh no, she fell. <laughs> Out. <laughs> we need to... <laughs> Next call, please. You have to leave that. I will. You have to leave that. <laughs> I'll leave that. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. I never thought I would be so proud of my Vizio Smart TV um, ownership. It sucks, like the kind of whole platform. But um, I wanted to read you guys some episode descriptions from At Home with Tori. Um, the first episode is called Cultural Cooking. Uh the description I love, there's one called Taste of Madrid that's 25 minutes long. Girlfriends of Hidden Hills, That the description is, Tori hasn't seen her friends in what feels like forever, with an exclamation point. Um, Camp Beverly Hills is the most recent one. She's wearing some kind of a green beret. Um, maybe I'll check it out and let you guys know how it is. It doesn't look great, but... Um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, okay. Um, hope you guys get to see it someday. Okay, crunch, crunch. Bye. Not me Googling cheapest Vizio TV so I can watch Taste of Madrid. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have to watch Taste of Madrid. Also, the funniest thing about this is this I'm like 100% sure nobody's bootlegging. Like, imagine being like, I'm going to bootleg <laughs> Dory. Spelling show on Vizio, like, like, where would you even upload that to? Like, who is who is seeding that? You know, the mm -hmm. Tori community would like shut down if they saw Tori Spelling's Vizio only TV show. Speaking of the Us Weekly newsletter, two hours ago, Us Weekly posted the headline: Tori Spelling gets quote twenty years past due breast revision surgery on At Home with Tori. First look, they really have this show in their bag. Wait, she got it on the show. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, I don't really even care about the plot of this episode that they're talking about, but it's crazy to me that this show only gets coverage on Us Weekly. Like, this is how they're promoting the show. But it's like, they're acting as though the barrier to entry isn't quite high, you know? You have to have a very particular kind of television. And you even have that kind of television, but it's not new enough. I literally have a used Vizio that, I, you know, it's not the newest and nicest TV, but I love it. And I can't even watch Tori Spelling and Friends. You're telling me as a Vizio user, I'm I'm barred from that. What if I called Vizio and said, how do I have access? Maybe they'd send me a link or something. We're still getting promo for her, despite the fact that we can't have these televisions. We can just like read the exclusive recaps on Us Weekly because they are exclusive. It's so funny to me that Tori Spelling is not famous enough to get a TV show beyond Vizio's exclusive smart TV mm -hmm. system, but is famous enough where somebody has to watch those shows and recap them and for us. recap like them. The, the, like, the, 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 what do you call the it? Middle the middle ground? The difference, the difference between the two, just like the kind of... The disparity? The disparity between the two. Like, how is she famous enough to be covered like this, but not famous enough to get a show on a normal network, right? It's a really good question. I'd love to know. Speaking of good questions, no, this is a comment. Just kidding. <laughs> Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Uh, good news, bad news situation uh, about the chain smokers. Um, the good news is the company that they're going up in the balloon with does not use helium. They use hydrogen. So um, all of the birthday parties are safe. Um, the bad news is hydrogen is what caused the Hindenburg to blow up. So um, kind of a trade-off uh, there. Anyway, sorry, this is the second space call that I called in with um, this week. Uh, crunch, crunch. Whoa, okay. 
that's a twist. <laughs> They're not using the rare helium that is commodified and we're running out of on Earth. They're using hydrogen, which also could explode. And is known to explode. <laughs> it's that's known. Amazing. It famously exploded. <laughs> Are you looking up Hindenburg? Don't. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Look up Hindenburg. Here's and- what's crazy. I, for some reason, I knew this, but I think I forgot it. And then whatever. Because it came from Germany. Look at the name. It crashed in New Jersey. Why did I forget that it literally crashed in New Jersey? I think of it as this German thing. But no, it crashed close to us. Where in New Jersey? Manchester Township. Like, one of the final photos of the Hindenburg is when it's hovering over Manhattan. And it was like, on our way to New Jersey, like, on our way to land in Newark. And then it hit. It hit a... um, It hit one of those things. What is it? It hit one of those... It hit a power line. Mooring line. It hit a mooring line. Is there, is there like a... Pl- can you go to the place that the Hindenburg crashed in New Jersey and like see a plaque or whatever? Yes, you can. The current marker at the disaster site. At the disaster site. Oh, it's Lakehurst Maxfield Field. Okay, it's a little bit repetitive. And you oh. can go there and you can like see stuff. The site where the Hindenburg crashed is still big and empty. A windswept expanse of crumbled asphalt and occasional scrubby weeds. Still an active army. Oh, it's still an active Navy base, mm. which means everyone mm. who wants a tour has to be screened weeks in advance. You can't even just roll up. Mm-hmm. You got to make an appointment. Do you think Gen Z knows about the Hindenburg? They do, right? Absolutely not. No. You think they know about the Hindenburg? I mean, I forgot that it was in New Jersey, so I feel like Gen Z doesn't know about it. I just feel like what's the last pop culture Hindenburg reference that we have? Like a biopic or like some sort of movie? Like any what's sort of What's the biopic like about media? the Hindenburg? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm just saying, do we have, what's the last media piece, a documentary, anything that could like inspire, you know, an ex, uh, a TikTok that explains it? You know, we don't, that's rare. For, like I don't, there hasn't been one, so I don't know how they would know. I barely know. Oh, no one knows why. Okay, so it's not that it hit a power line. No one knows why the fuel caught fire. We know people have already called to be like, actually, no one knows why it caught fire. There are many theories as to why the fuel leak caught fire. Do you think that in 70 years after the chain smoker um, hydrogen balloon has crashed into down into New Jersey, where it will crash <laughs> there as well somehow? It's just a magnetic yeah. pull of New Jersey. Do you think the generation after will know about that? The chain smoker balloon? What are they going to yeah. call it? They can't call it the Hindenburg. They got to call it something else. I'm just wondering, like, what would the what would the guy on the newsreel say if that thing caught fire? Like, he wouldn't say, oh, the humanity, like the guy did on the Hindenburg disaster. What would they say? Oh, oh, snap. They would say, they ain't ever getting older. <laughs> oh, oh, that's awful. Oh, oh. <laughs> they ain't ever getting older. That's sad. Anyway, I don't want to will that into existence. I don't actually want the hot and not hot chain smokers to die. Okay, well, I wish them the best of luck. It was like 70-something degrees a couple days ago. It's time to put our winter weather to bed, or in my Pull case, under the bed. your linens, sweeties. The lin- it's, time f- it's linen season, honey. Oh, oh, all I want is linen all the time. I just want to be draped in linen for my entire life. Not only am I pulling out my linen tops, my linen bottoms, my linen dresses. I'm putting on my linen sheets. I'm putting on my linen pillowcases. I'm just like, everything is linen because the weather's getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts, tees, and linen. I know. I should probably buy 
some linen shorts from Quince. I have a Quince cotton duvet cover that I really like. Ooh. And it's warm. Ooh. It's it's warm in the cold months and it's cool in the warm months, which is sort of where I want my bedding to be, somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle. You and know? you can get premium European linen from blouses, shorts, dresses from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And you get it for a good price because Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, they cut out the cost of the middlemen and pass the savings on to I you. I hate middlemen. I and hate Quince middlemen. only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. We love it. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash who for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash who to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash who. Vet bills can be expensive, but Spot Pet Insurance can give you up to 90% cash back on vet bills so you can worry less about high vet bills. Yep, up to 90% cash back on vet bills for unexpected accidents, illness, and even routine care. And with Spot Pet Insurance plans, you can go to any vet you want in the U.S. or Canada. There's no network you need to stick to, so visit your favorite vet and you can save money on expensive vet bills. That's Spot Pet Insurance. It's no wonder Spot is America's favorite pet insurance. Visit SpotPet.com for a free quote today. For all terms, visit SpotPetIns.com slash sample-policy. Spot Pet Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produce Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. This is an independent ad from Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Hi, Who Weekly. I am calling because I am, well, JoJo Siwa did, like, I guess this TikTok challenge where she says, you're basically showing, like, sneakingly celebrities in, like, different superlative forums. But Candace Cameron, she, JoJo calls Candace Cameron the rudest lover she met in whatever, not shocker, not a surprise. But my question is, how do they know each other? I tried to, like, Google if they did any press together, but I feel like that's, that's a you guys job. So, um, thank you and crunch, crunch. That's a you guys job. Fortunately, both parties have now commented on this and given. I was so upset that Jojo Siwa commented. I'm so mad. She She didn't have to do this. She got harassed. She got like popped asked. So she had to kind of say something. She wasn't like, no comment because she's a real person. The the best thing about the story is that and I think just because she commented doesn't mean that this is no longer true. Jojo Siwa throughout this entire feud, feud light, feud ish. Jojo Siwa has had the upper hand. She has had all of the power in the situation. And it has been so, like, delicious watching Candace Cameron Bure take the bulk of the attention and have to do all the talking. You can't, like, win when, like, a literal child is like, you were mean to me once. Like, you Mm -hmm. can't, (laughs) if you're going to address it, you can't win. But I will say Candace's response was very condescending in the way that she... I called her... And I said, what did I do to you? And I and she said, I'm sorry. And then she like retold Ugh. it. And like, Jojo, in her story, Jojo kind of folded and said like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Because, mm-hmm. And I can believe it because Jojo is like a, a generally positive person, mm-hmm. I think. So I think she probably felt bad. She got caught in like her little thing. Mm-hmm. And any other celebrity that's not her that would get accused of being rude i would be like they probably you know were just busy i kind of would give excuses but with her i'm like yeah no bitch no. hater she's rude 
yeah, maybe it was kind of out of character for Jojo Siwa to call out someone publicly because she's such a force for positivity. No, Jojo's in her Jojo's in her gay bitch era. She's like <laughs> she's she's saying she's speaking her mind, although she's never going to say anything again because she brought this probably this experience has probably been so annoying and humiliating for her because yes. she's just like, I can't believe I have to address this. Mm-hmm. But she really didn't have to. Candace did all the work, which is so fun. So Candace had to release this really long video explaining what happened. She said, oh, we ran into each other at a red, at a red carpet many, many years ago. Jojo was, I think, 11 years old and I've rushed her off and I regret it. But and then she goes on to explain. I'll play a clip here. It's so long, but the length makes you know that she feels awful about it. Candace's Car Chronicles, special edition, uh, because I want to talk about the JoJo situation. Honestly, I was shocked when I saw the TikTok on Sunday and had no idea where it came from. And so I immediately tried to reach out to her through a mutual friend. And my publicist contacted her manager and I DM'd her because I didn't know what happened, what I didn't know. And um, so I was finally able to talk to Jojo this morning. I called her and and um, we had a great conversation and, and she was like, hey, how you doing? And I kind of said, well, I've been better. Um, what happened? And, and she said, ah, you know, I didn't think this was going to go viral and they were going to pick that up. It was such a just a silly TikTok trend. And I didn't think it was a big deal. And I said, well... <laughs> It, it was a big deal, but, but what, what did I do to you? What did I do? Um, I said, cause I only remember that we met at the Kelly Clarkson show and that went really great. And she goes, yeah, I know it was great. And you're super nice and all of that. I said, so what did I do? And she told me, she said, I met you. She said, she actually didn't want to tell me because she said, it's so silly. She felt bad. And that's why it just wasn't a big deal to her. But then she said, you know, I met you at the Fuller House premiere and I was 11 years old and we were all on the red carpet. And when I had, I had come up to you and I said, can I have a picture with you? And you said to me, not right now. And then proceeded to do what you were doing and take pictures with other people on the red carpet. And I was like, oh, Jojo, I'm, I'm so sorry. And she's like, yeah, no, 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 you weren't even mean. And she goes, and I get it now as an adult when you're on the red carpet and everything's happening and you're being pulled in different directions. But at that time I was 11 and I go, and I kind of broke your 11 year old heart. I didn't take a picture with you. And I was like, Oh, I feel crummy. I feel Jojo. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And she was like, it's seriously not a big deal, but I do remember that. And I said, okay. I said, but please know, especially as a mom, uh, it breaks my heart that I made you feel that way. And, and I'm sorry to your mom too, that I did that to her daughter, because I know if anyone crosses my kids, like mom bear comes out. And so we had a really great discussion and she basically said like, I, I didn't even think that was going to get picked up and a big deal. And it just was very kind of innocent. And so, um, so that was it all good, all good on the Jojo front. And so after this, Candace gets all the attention. Jojo just keeps acting like everything's fine. She's posting other TikToks. She's posting TikToks about 
what was it? It was about like her bald spot. She posted TikToks where she's yeah. dressed as a bedazzled minion as though like a minion rolled around in Swarovski crystals. I do love she changed the narrative so fast by being like, I'm going to bedazzle my entire face to look like a minion, like do a dance. <laughs> like no one like no one under the age of like 35 gave a shit about the Candace Cameron thing. Like after Jojo bedazzled, you know? Yeah. She's like, I don't have to say boo about this and I will still get so much engagement. It's amazing. But then page six caught her like walking between her car and her gym or something like that (laughs) and they asked her and she said i was 11 she said you know i had a rough experience when i was little i was 11 i was a big big fan i wanted to take a picture with her and it wasn't a good time for her i will say i had a bad experience that doesn't mean that she's an awful human i just think it was an inconvenient time for her and little 11 year old me was just so pumped up and so excited but doesn't mean she's the worst human ever no one ever said she's the worst human ever the prompt was rudest celebrity i've met Mm -hmm. that was it and you know what? I think JoJo, I think, and we're not saying this, but JoJo knows that Candace Cambrai is like a conservative asshole. Of course she asshole. does. She knows so that she's So she knows that she doesn't have to, like, that she can call her out. And it has yeah. nothing to do with not signing an autograph or whatever. Come exactly. on. She sucks. Calling out a person who just oozes I'm a bully publicly right. isn't bad right. for business. Like, it's not bad for right. you to call out that kind of behavior, you know? Ugh. God, I just hate it. Like watching the video of her is like bone chilling. Explain like I called her and I said, what did I do? I said, Jojo, what did I do? It's just so it's like it's the the tone. Chills. Oh, we laughed about it. We got over it. It's fine. Mm. Also acting like all the hurdles that she had to go through to actually get Jojo Siwa's phone number. Like imagine the the things that the assistants had to do to get that oh number God. and set We're this up. We're trying to get in touch like, with Jojo. We're trying the to get wrath with of Candace Cameron when she's trying to deal with this bad press because everything Bad press like candace cameron beret obviously just seems like kind of an asshole but i think her broader perception is that she's a sweetheart right like i think broadly people think that she's a hallmark movie queen sweetheart used to be on full house then was on fuller house like squeaky clean and so i could see how that would shake her and why she was like i have to take care of this right now and she did i'm right and that she did take care of it in a way that makes her look fine again mm-hmm. but the str- but like putting that having that stress put on like jojo kind of like creating that drama is fun the just like being reminded of the power that jojo siwa has is so funny it's so funny yeah she made candace cameron beret squirm she made her shake in her fucking gack family boots although they changed the name we'll get to that later (laughs) she shook in her like little christian shoes i can't even think of any (laughs) But they were Christian Louboutins, but she calls them her Christians. Whoa. She doesn't call that's... them Louboutins. She calls them <laughs> my Christians. <laughs> my Christians. God, that's a market. Loub- Christian Louboutin should like rebrand. She says, the bottoms are red because I'm stomping out the devil. Or she's stepping through the blood of Christ. <laughs> Think about it. It's the blood of Christ. How long do you want me to tell me? A long time, long time. I called up like a couple months ago about Gillian Flynn, Jillian Flynn. I'm not sure which one it is. I think I might have called the VIP line, but I just asked him where she was. Um, well, according to Twitter, I think I figured out what she was doing. Um, she posted, there are still tickets available to join me on the Avalon Waterways Gone Girl Cruise this September 15th through 22nd. I'm sorry, what? How would that even work? I think this is just like incredibly hooey behavior, a themed cruise. Like I, 
I see how that could be appealing for some authors and some books, but Gone Girl? Like, what if married couples go on this cruise? I don't know. Anyway, I've just been baffled by this. I needed to vent somewhere, so sorry. Um, crunch, crunch, me inside. Is this whoey behavior or themy behavior? And is Gillian Flynn a them or a who? Gillian Flynn, I think, is a them of like authors at this point. Mm -hmm. I do think that she's up there, but I don't think that she's quite a them like beyond that necessarily. Yeah. But Gone Girl is a book is a them for sure. Absolutely. Do you know that it's One the, the 10 year anniversary of the book Gone Girl? Oh. This year is the 10 years. I have a soft spot for Gillian Flynn because before she wrote Gone Girl and all of her other books, she worked at Entertainment Weekly. She was just like a regular entertainment writer like us. Yeah, she wrote it like at night. Yeah, she kind of just like did it. And it's just I just find her very imp impressive because of that. Did you also know they release a 10th anniversary edition of Gone Girl with like extra content? I didn't know this until you or Timmy put this in the doc. It's not. Is it out already? This 10th yeah. anniversary edition. I got to read that. I kind of want to read it. I know. <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to read too. That's so interesting. She teased a sequel too. Well, she that's what I was going to say. In the press for the 10 years, she said she'd be surprised if I didn't write a sequel. I'm like, write the sequel. She wants to write about their kid. Their kid would be 16. So it's like, oh, their kid. Gone daughter. Oh my God, gone girly. Oh, gone girly. You know their daughter's going to be a total freak, obviously. Like, that's not surprising. That girly's right? gone. Also weird that on the 10th, okay, wow. I mean, this is not weird, but on the 10th anniversary of the release of the book Gone Girl, Ben Affleck got married to J-Lo. <laughs> that is really funny. That is kind of funny. In a way, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> I mean, it's not, you know, it could be. In a way. It could make more sense, but it is funny. Michael Crichton, I think, I, I think I'm remembering this correctly. Or at least mostly correctly. Michael Crichton. Michael Crichton, after Jurassic Park was a hit, they were like, we have to make a sequel. Can you write a sequel, please? And so he wrote the sequel to Jurassic Park because of the movie. Like, he wasn't going to write the sequel. And because the movie was such a hit, they were like, L if you write the sequel, give oh, us the story, that's... then we can make the movie. They should do that with Gone Girl. Like, no, I mean, start from the I movie mean, totally. and then work backwards. I think they would definitely do the sequel to the movie if there was a good sequel book. If it like was ended up being a good book, for sure. To be fair, Gillian Flynn has been writing a similar book for a long time, so she has kind good. of sequelized the idea. They're all good, mm -hmm. and she sold each one, and each one has been turned into something. And to Sharp her credit, Objects, you know, I still think, and I don't say this lightly, quite underrated. Sharp Objects is amazing, and I don't think that it was really given enough credit for being amazing. Um, okay, so what's the deal with this cruise? You this can cruise, go on a river cruise on the Danube, Danube River by the Avalon Waterways Storyteller Series. God, they'll just like they'll just make any cruise any purpose. Yeah, they're river. You can go cruises. on this cruise with Gillian Flynn for eight days, and it's called the Gone Girl Cruise, which is confusing to me because it doesn't seem to be Gone Girl themed, other than the fact that Gillian's gonna be there. You know, exactly. Like it's not in the Midwest. You know, <laughs> like it's not anywhere where Gone Girl is set. She tweeted, "I should add that I will be selecting both by raffle and by means and opportunity a special passenger to murder." I mean, I think she's joking, but if you go on the Gone Girl Cruise, you could be killed by Gillian Flynn <laughs> as a bonus. If you go on the Gone Girl Cruise and get killed by Gillian Flynn, you can't complain. 
complain. Your family cannot complain. No. You should and have known this. And your body will be dumped in the river. Like, it's not a problem. <laughs> it won't and be a problem. And she will get away with it, even though she admitted it on Twitter. Like, are you kidding me? I do feel like any time there's, like, enough people on a boat, somebody's going overboard, you know? <laughs> All right. So this cruise, and it's also, it's not like a cruise ship. It's kind of like a cruise boat. A big you know, boat. It's, small. it's going it's for from a river. Budapest yeah. to Duggendorf. Mm-hmm. I, this is a crazy... And Gillian Flynn is there, and apparently it's just essentially like a tourist thing where Gillian Flynn also is there. Yes, they would be doing this route anyway, right? They're they're like retconning Gillian Flynn into it. Well, they said, to hear her twisted narratives while you wind and bend your way through craggy cliffs, terraced vineyards, and culture witch villages from Budapest to Vienna and beyond, discovering old world and new ways, it's a killer opportunity to spend a week on a sailing sweet ship with the killer queen. Okay, you get to meet her, you get to like see her around i guess i bet she's gonna tell read stories maybe she's gonna be going on some of the because like the cruise ship stops and then you do like a touristy thing i'm sure she's gonna go on some of them yeah you can either you can sample beer made by trappist monks and explore their abbey gardens take a hike to count dracula's prison tower or tour a concentration camp i gotta say of all those options i feel like uh, one of them sticks out a little (laughs) I cannot believe the sentence literally goes to sample cheese and beer and slash or go to a concentration camp with Gillian Flynn. Well, it is. A, those are tourists. People do go there. Yeah. It, people go there. Freaks me out, but people go there. It's freaky to begin with. It's freakier to know that Gillian Flynn is going to be there with you, you know, like observing it. I know. I know. Can you imagine like turning the corner and there she is and you're like. <laughs> <laughs> like you're kind of like in this state of like profound sadness and mourning and then like there's Gillian Flynn being like we got to get back on the boat in about 10 and you're like oh <laughs> we should do a river quick a, a river cruise but it should go down the Gowanus and we'll stop at like the ice cream store and like <laughs> this is where the dolphin died <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, 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 it'll, there's it the bell house we we'll do just, shows there sometimes it'll be, yeah it'll, we'll end with a show at the bell house like that'll be the grand finale but you'll have to be on this boat in the weird Gowanus for a while and then I'm like do you all know what a super fun side is we're all developing cancer right now. <laughs> They're cleaning it. They're cleaning it. They're cleaning it. Yeah. Yeah. They're, They're cleaning, cleaning a lot the of places. They're cleaning Newtown Creek as well. You know, the dolphins are back. So here's my, here's my thing. This storyteller series that Avalon Cruises is doing, three famous writers are doing it this year. I'm about to reveal the okay. other two. Lindsay, do you know who they are? The other two? Have you looked this up? I didn't put it in no, the No, I don't. I have no idea. I have no idea. Is it like a... Is it like a game or just uh, it's not a me? game. It's not a game. But I think that based on the fact that two other famous women writers, like best selling women writers have done or are doing. I think one of them happened in the spring. The other one is happening later in the fall because one of the sites still works. One of the sites doesn't. And it got a little bit of attention like in February. I think that Gillian is the themiest of these three women because this is the first I heard of this storyteller series. And it kind of is right up our alley. The other two women, can you name successful 50-year-old-plus authors? Like, pretty significant in popular culture. Give me a genre. Uh, memoir, nonfiction. Two famous women memoir? authors who write about themselves very famously. One of the women wrote a memoir that turned into a very, very oh, successful uh, movie. Reese Witherspoon's girly. There you go. What's her name? She says it over and over again. <laughs> I don't know. Cheryl Strait. I don't know. Um, Cheryl Strait is one of them. 
that's a good one for this because I feel like more people more people are obsessed with Cheryl and her life than Gillian because Gillian writes fiction and Cheryl writes non okay? and also Cheryl Strait is known as like you know she got famous for a book about like like wandering in order to find herself so there is sort of like I can see the relationship with this cruise ship also isn't she dear sugar people have been reading yeah, her for a hundred yeah. years and people are obsessed with her advice and counsel yeah mm-hmm. very different than gillian her cruise is the same route it's on the danube from budapest to degendorf okay wait so they have to re they have to like redo like it. her cruise is like this it's like the same theme but it's just like not about like the killer queen or whatever it's about <laughs> it's the not like about murder but it's whatever. the same stops yeah yeah. So it's like they had to make it like, we're going to stop at a concentration camp. You know, like it's a different vibe. Not like we're going to stop at a concentration camp. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, a difference yeah, yeah. between like a voice Jane Lynch would respect and a voice Jane Lynch would not respect. Okay. <laughs> oh so God. the third one, the third one, famous woman known for a memoir <sighs> that got turned into a famous television show. We've seen her in person. What? We've seen her in person? Uh, we've seen her in person. Famous television show. Su- Susan? No. Orlean? Oh. Well, that wasn't a television show. You, you might get lost in the lipstick jungle. Oh, wait. Candace Bushnell is doing a cruise? Hers was in France. Hers went from Paris to like the oh, coast. Well, Okay, but that's glamorous. So that's like, take a glamorous river cruise with the one and only sex and city queen herself. She would definitely fuck people aboard. So (laughs) it like... If you're a sexy single, like, get on that cruise. Oh, you're getting wasted with Candace Bushnell. If you're on a cruise with Candace Bushnell, like, you're partying. (laughs) You're partying. Yeah, she's, like, there to hook up. Like, she will hook up with you. Oh, my God. Amazing. So I uh, love that. Gillian, all of these cruises get, like, a cute little subtitle on the Avalon Waterways website. Gillian's is simply, gone girl. (laughs) Cheryl Strait's is wild and whimsy on the water. Okay. Keep in mind, it's the same route. (laughs) That's funny. See if you can guess Candace's. It starts and ends in Paris. Sex on the river. Sex and the city, blank, blank. Think about it. Paris. Parisian adventure. Paris. Paris adventure. Sex in the city, blank, blank. French flirting, flirtation French. French Sex in the city of blank. Come on. The city of... I don't know. Paris is of the city light, of, of... love? Of love? Lights? Lights. I don't know. Sex in the city of lights. Calling all Carrie's, Samantha's, Charlotte's, and Miranda's. You're invited to sail the Seine River from Paris to La Havre with this stylish storyteller, Candace Bushnell. To get commentary on the lipstick jungle, to understand the rules of being a girl, and answer questions like, is there still sex in the city while falling in love with storybook scenery on this sweet ship sailing through France? I mean, I have to say out of the three of these cruises candace is definitely performing her one woman show on that cruise and oh, i would say that's the best deal because you get like this amazing show that she did and you get to be like on cruising down the river in paris the rest mm-hmm. of these women i don't know what the, i don't know what they can provide for me yeah also i think it is hooey to do this by the way it's hooey to do this <laughs> you change you change your mind once candace got involved no i think they're all thems in their way uh, I think they're like kind of like broad this. who's. I think that in their niches, they are thems. They have very dedicated, understandable fan bases. It is who you do this as it is who we to like be the Jonas Brothers on like a, cru- a nostalgic like pop pop star crew. You know, like on to be, I don't think the Jonas Brothers, to be like Hanson on like a 90s revival cruise or whatever. Like it's the same journey. Yeah. And to be on a cruise is to be approachable, you know, and like 
them sort of lack this kind of approachability. Like, there's something tactile about Gillian Flynn being on the cruise with you that, like, you know, a them wouldn't be this willing to be among the people, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, I think that's my argument. Next call. This is short, but we have a PSA. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, and Timmy. This is my third time trying to leave this message because I'm not sure it worked the other two. But I thought this was so important, breaking news, that I had to try again. Um, I just need you to know this. Gap Networks renamed for second time in less than a year. Gap has a new name. Gap has not been working out for them. And they will now call their networks Great American Family and Great American Living. I mean, I am still going to stick to Hallmark because this is a very uh, a bad a bad place. But I thought you needed to know, since we're always talking about the Gap Network, who's going there, news you can use. Um, and we will have to call them Gaff and Gal, Great American Living, Gal. Okay, love you guys. I hope I broke this news to you. I feel really good about this. Um, and otherwise, I hope you aren't talking about it. So crunch, crunch, live in, love you, laptop. We will not be calling them Great American Family or Great American Living. They will always be GAC to us. I'm sorry. I will never call them GAF and I will never call them GAL. I will <laughs> always be calling them GAC. And they never. can escape that and they can't take that from me. And I will no. never be watching them. So honestly, will I ever be saying their name out loud aside from on this podcast? No, because I won't be watching. No. Gak family, Gak living, which it's funny. Great American they were just family, like, great American living. <laughs> great American country family, great American country living. They finally said, let's just kill it and do gal and gaff. I'm not sure what it is more. Is it more pandering or is it more they figured out that Gak sounds disgusting when you say it? <laughs> like They're still calling the president the president of Gak Media. Like they mm-hmm. can't change their S Corp name or whatever, you know? Like <laughs> even if you just change your front facing <laughs> name. Media LLC. Like, the government is still like taxing Gak Media LLC. Mm-hmm. But they want people to tune into Great American Family. No, I'm calling it Gak. Nice try, bitch. Nice try. Hi, Who Weekly. First time. Oh, oh my God. Hi, Who Weekly. Uh, long time, second time. Um, I'm sure you've gotten a lot of calls about this, but you have to talk about the Becky So Hot, Fletcher, Shannon, Becky love triangle. Who is Fletcher? Who is Shannon? Who is Becky? Give us all the tea. Um, the gay girls are obsessed and everyone needs to know about it. Okay. Crunch, crunch. Love you. Bye. All right. Here's one that I had to personally reach out to our friend Katie to like ask her to explain to me because it's like extremely niche lesbian drama. As a lesbian, can you explain Fletcher? I literally we- said as a lesbian, can you explain this to me, Katie? And she was like, I've been waiting my whole life to explain this to you. She pastes the notes app that she's already prepared. <laughs> Well, I was like, do I need to know about this? Is it actually funny and interesting? And like, can you explain it to me? And she was like, it's pretty funny. Like, it is fu- it is funny. When I saw that, like, because this call was downloaded and I it wasn't in the doc when I looked last night and then it was in it when I looked this morning and I was like, okay, we kind of avoid TikTok stuff because it ultimately ends up being dull, but this is not really TikTok stuff. It's exactly. not TikTok stuff. It is. It kind of transcends TikTok, though it involves like TikTok commentary, mm-hmm. but it is about a actual singer performer who is relatively well known by a 
very specific group of people called a true Fletcher. Who. A true who. A true who. Like kind of in the Betty Who realm. I had some hits. Right. Isn't a nah. Same idea as G Flip, but American has some hits. Had a breakout hit. Do was you just on, mean queer? Started... <laughs> what, same what, idea. What? <laughs> the same idea as G Flip. Yes, I do. I do. <laughs> I do. That's funny. No, that's funny. That is the same idea. When I ask if someone's gay now, I want to be like, is there, are they like the same idea as me? <laughs> <laughs> you know? You can say like the, jam- the same general concept, you know? Same idea? Same idea is good. Ooh, that's good. She was on the premiere. You can use that. The no, same. She was it. on the premiere season of The X Factor and uh-huh. she was put in a girl group. And the girl group obviously broke up and she kind of had a breakout. And she, her song was one of the first, now so long ago, was one of the first viral songs on Spotify, which is like Mm -hmm. when Spotify first launched. So that was like her big kind of initial claim to fame. And then she's just kind of like this hot girly putting out like cool rock music that Mm -hmm. a lot of people like, right? Fletcher. Her name is Carrie Carrie. Elise Fletcher and she's from New Jersey. Fletcher. Yeah. (laughs) She's from the site of the Hindenburg Cross. (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking about that, but I didn't want to say it. Anyways, there's a lot of history here as like who's dated who. Her ex-girlfriend is named Shannon. Shannon is a, again, relatively popular YouTuber. Not as active anymore. Not like beverage, like I eat a soda, like I drink a soda. Beverage. Beverage? Mm -hmm. It's like beverage with a D, like you're like a ridge, like a ha ha, a ridge, I could not tell, that sort of thing. (laughs) So she's a YouTuber. I would say she's not really active as a YouTuber anymore, kind of Uh more into lifestyle. Her TikTok is more active now than YouTube. I know, I know. But you can literally go struggling. You can go 10 years back when she started vlogging and she kind of did a lot of videos about like coming out and like being gay and like all this stuff that really like there was a very high point of like gay vlogging on Mm -hmm. YouTube that I feel like she was part of. Right. Where you would like 10 questions with my girlfriend and like how I came out to my mom and like that type of stuff that really. Oh, yeah. uh, She was being called by a a funny, relatable and photogenic lesbian couple. That's like really (laughs) what it is. So she was dating Fletcher. Okay, and they'd been dating since around like 2017 going into the pandemic. And I guess they broke up right before the pandemic, but decided to quarantine together to write an album together for Fletcher about their breakup, which was called The Sex Tapes. But X is in brackets as in we are exes now. Right. So they did this creative thing together. I think Shannon like directed some of the videos for the for the music and like there's they worked together on this thing it was written about a few times like oh they these exes worked on this new album together Mm -hmm. and so now we're post that and they're broken up and shannon is dating a new girly named becky and becky is becky missile she's just kind of a hot girly her sister is a singer named donna missile who is also kind of in the same like niche singer realm as as fletcher from what i saw fletcher but But not as famous as fletcher but it's queer too. But that doesn't really play into this yeah. story. But her just Becky's sister is this girl named Donna who is also a singer. Becky okay. herself is just like a just like a hot gay girly. Okay. So Becky and Shannon are now dating. And Fletcher teases a song that's literally called Becky's So Hot. <laughs> and you're and I think everybody was kind of like, Okay, we all know who she's talking about. We're talking about the the new girlfriend of her ex. 
like Shannon's new girlfriend. Right. When Beyonce used Becky, it was a pseudonym. When Fletcher used Becky, she was talking about Becky. It was Becky. Becky. <laughs> you know? God, it's so funny how that how Becky is like still a weaponized girl's name mm-hmm. in this narrative as well. But it's a real girl named Becky. Yeah. My ex's current whom I hate. But in this case, right. it's my ex's current whom I hate, but also want to fuck, you know? Exactly. So that's so the song itself, which, by the way, is like quite good. I, think I that's like kinda, it. I like it. I think that's kind of the main funny thing about this is that you can't even dismiss that the song is good and therefore making this even more like funny and mm-hmm. like dramatic. While at first you might think, oh, it's marketing. They know. It's like everyone's in on this. They worked together on music together in the past. Maybe it's like still they're working on music together. Shannon posts a TikTok and a tweet saying, we did not know about this. We're not obsessed with it. It's kind of like awkward. Like you can play the the TikTok audio. Okay. A little bit of a situation going on. There's a lot that I want to say, and I want to find a way to do it, but I just think there's some confusion I would like to clear up personally right now. Number one being that this is not PR that I'm a part of. This is not a collaboration. Number two, no one asked permission. I just want people to hear that from me because it does seem like there's confusion on if that is the case, and I just want you to know. Uh, it's not so. <laughs> and she also tweeted, "An empath would never," because I guess Fletcher had been called the empath in By some Teen like Vogue. V- in a V no a V magazine oh. profile or something. Oh. It doesn't matter. And she unfollowed her and deleted what pictures she had left of Fletcher on her feed. Right. So Shannon is trying to make it very clear that Fletcher did not consult her for this like song about her new girlfriend, and it's like deeply uncomfortable for them. Right. So everyone yes. starts getting like really mad. Like, people are mad. People are like, how dare you? It's like breach of, like, privacy, whatever. Like, Well, I'm not sure what it's a breach of. And I don't know where I stand I don't on, really, like, the, the ethics of this. I don't think Because it's, people are like, yeah. Becky never agreed to be sung about. But it's also like, I mean, this is a conversation that is had on Twitter and the internet all the time, which is like, what stories are artists allowed to tell? And I, and I don't even yeah, mean to take exactly. this as serious as it is. But that's literally what's happening now. So it's like, is she allowed to mention this actual person in her art because she has this kind of not even tangential relationship to her like a pretty close relationship to her and her argument is yes of course i am becky is part of my story because she is dating my ex right and a lot of people are like she is not part of your story keep her name out of your mouth part of the kind of like also the kind of anger but for some people who are like how dare you in the lyrics she says i kind of want to hit her when i see her i think like she means like hit that i want to hit that like i want to fuck her that's how yeah i I think but i think she used that language knowing that it means both like she's dating my girlfriend i want to like hit her but Mm -hmm. like give her a little punch but i also kind of want to like hit on her or uh hit that like the famous Max Martin misunderstanding about what hit me, hit baby, me one baby, baby, one more time. Means, exactly. You know? Yeah, I don't find this. I don't have a problem with this, but everyone has different ideas on like what is allowed to be mm-hmm. kind of fictionalized or non-fictionalized for art. And you're right. Like that's kind of the main. You're. It's funny how you're taking this like very 
internet-y focused drama where everybody's mad and turning and saying like, well, it's really about the greater conversation about what, like how art is made. And it's yeah. like, that's true. It's kind of true. It's true. But I, but I also think that what you were saying about the fact that like the thing that complicates this story and makes it harder to dismiss is because the song is good. <laughs> you know, like if this yeah. song sucked, we wouldn't be having this conversation. We wouldn't have no, talked I about know. it. I and think. I, I saw on Reddit, I just, I feel like I read this on, I read this on Reddit and I feel like this really encapsulates like what this, this, this poster wrote. Fletcher is the messiest gay we have right now. And I very low key love it in a world (laughs) where we have Halsey's and Charlie Puth's begrudgingly posting TikToks because daddy at the label told them to. It's entertaining to have someone who seems to legitimately thrive in the chaos that is the internet. I agree. Cause like you have Charlie Puth being like, turn my light switch on like I'm doing sounds I'm singing and then and but Fletcher's being like I'm taunting my ex-girlfriend <laughs> clever choice it's of funny. words it's not it's bullying funny. it's taunting it's taunting it's funny and she posted a sneak of the music video and I think and everyone keeps thinking it's Bella Thorne is in the music video yeah. playing Becky yeah which is a perfect role for her it's funny Let's do some uh, there you rapid go. fire. That's a great. Thank you for that. That's great. I would have completely dismissed thank you. this thank had you, you not Katie been like, Haney. no, this is good. Oh, thank you, Katie. Let's do some quick calls. But uh, they're not going to be quick. They're not going to be quick. Whatever. <laughs> Hi, Weekly. Medium time, medium time. People have just reported that the Choco Taco is no longer and has been discontinued, which has led me to ask the question of, can you rank who to them all of the best ice cream truck treats being spongebob the chip witch strawberry shortcake firecracker and ice cream sandwich crunch crunch bye she only gave us a few options but i did pull up the classic what are you ordering from the ice cream truck meme which has like spongebob bar screwball drumstick uh creamsicle chocolate eclair fudge pop push-up pop snow cone Mm. king cone okay are we gonna use this one who to them or are we going to use her list i think we use this what was what was on her list she only had like three of these i think we should use this list i we should i think we should use this list there's so many i think drumstick and a firecracker are like tied for first yeah i think so too drumstick and firecracker which you could call a bomb pop as well i think that that might be the branded thing so that that's a brand name but sure that's what and i is. think like at a close second we're talking like chocolate eclair strawberry shortcake duo because i think that people still get those somehow at ice cream trucks i think ice cream sandwich is above it i think ice cream sandwich and yeah, chip which are actually above those weirdo ones with the weird cream in the middle no but who's ordering ice cream sandwich at a truck no one i get ice cream sandwiches at bodegas because they always have them in the little freezers and they're like for the perfect size that's not what we're asking at a truck i want soft serve or a drumstick yeah i'm ordering soft serve from a truck i'm not ordering any yeah. of these but yeah i think snow cone is up there I think weirdly screwball is up there. People seem to like to get those from trucks. But I think the number one them is the drumstick and the firecracker slash bomb pop. Yeah, I do. I agree. Choco Taco may be number two. We f- mm. we forgot to rank Choco Taco. I've only had a Choco Taco like once on my like. It, but they're it's clearly not because they're discontinuing it. So you're I think that's wrong. As an object, I'm so familiar with it. It's so like pervasive in like summer culture in the United States. I think that mm-hmm. like and you've said you've had one. I've only had one like once or twice. They're I, they, very good. They're very very good, and that's why I also, honestly like my conspiracy theory is that they're going to come back. This is just like a dumb. Maybe they oh, were going to discontinue like it, but I think that how could they not take it's it away and bring scarcity. it back? Yeah, they're going to take it away and bring it back. Like, why not? Like, they have to use the machines for something else for a season. They're going to get a little press for this. But I'm like, if they're discontinuing it because it's not selling, then it's definitely not number one ice cream truck 
you know that's true choice that's true that's true not enough people are ordering it from the ice cream truck mm-hmm. and i also think like anyone over the age of whatever is getting just soft serve this is children's stuff you know who's getting oh, right. a firecracker from a ice cream truck a child yeah so who am i to say what they're going to order exactly i'm probably wrong you know I'm sure there's like a yeah. Minions ice cream bar that like everyone eats now these days, you know, but I've never seen it. Right, because like SpongeBob and Powerpuff are on this list, but like they're played. I just like I'm reading this this email from the Klondike brand representative. Over the past two years, we have experienced an unprecedented spike in demand across our portfolio and have had to make tough decisions to ensure availability of our full portfolio nationwide. We know this may be disappointing. I don't believe this for a second. They're bringing that thing back. I kind of believe you. They're bringing it back next summer. This is like, a, this is a long game. And then they're going to get the headlines. The Choco Taco is back. Available exclusively at X retailer or restaurant. Like, it's it's all part of a grand strategy. This is You know what stupid. the best is? Hmm. You know, they sell like the best. I mean, sorry, I'm just thinking about Klondike bars. They sell them in like grocery stores, just like different packs of them. Those are the best. Those are the best. Clonic bars are great. Didn't we do an ad for them once? Did we, we do an ad for Clonic? I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Long time, long time. Um, I was just wondering if you could rank from who to them, the drag queen divine, Adam divine, um, and Loretta divine. Um, yeah, I would really appreciate that. Crunch, crunch. Adam divine, Loretta divine, and the drag queen divine. Okay, I got it. I got mine. Okay, you do it. Tell me. We're going. We're going. Who to who them? Who to them? Who to them? Adam's the whoiest. Then Loretta. Then Divine. Then Divine. Yeah, I think that's right. Adam Divine, workaholic. Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Guy also in the intern. Right. Yeah. That's who it is. Right. He's pretty big, but I don't think he's more recognized. I don't think he's more. He's themier than Loretta Divine. Loretta Divine has been in every. Thing. I think Loretta Divine is a character actor who and when and Divine is like Divine is Divine, you know. One of the Vemiest drag queens, yes. Right. A dog shit, and, you know, like iconic. And comes up and comes up first when you search Divine, aside from the definition of Divine, which is godlike, you know. Yeah. Does Sharon Van Etten know who Eric Von Detten is, and vice versa? Live in Levita laptop. This is an insane question. I think it's a great question. <laughs> this is a brain-breaking question. Does Sharon Von Etten, the singer, like alt singer, kind of like indie alt singer yeah, vibe, singer-songwriter? Singer, yeah. Like dark, like brooding girly, yeah. Know who Eric Von Detten star of like Disney Channel movies in the mid-aughts. The Diaries, etc. Yeah. Right. Like hunk from the aughts. Uh-huh. Eric Von Detten. Does Sharon Von Etten know who? How old is Sharon Von Etten? She's she 41. She's 41. She's a millennial So I would say no. How old do you think Eric Van Detten is? Oh, I don't care. But I just think I know how old I was when he was relevant. And I think Sh- Sharon Von Etten might be a little bit too old to care about Eric Von Detten's work. Because they're about the same age. He's an 1882 baby. So? No, but I'm saying she could have been she could have been crushing on him when she watched like Brink or whatever, you know, like but I don't maybe think she was watching. I think she was too old to watch Brink. Yeah, she was like 16 when Brink came out. Like we were like yeah. 13. She doesn't 12, know. Like she doesn't and know. And does Eric Von Detten know who Sharon Von Etten is? No. Yeah, of course. Maybe. Uh, Eric Von you Detten think so? of course? listens to Sharon. Yes. How do Here's you know that? I'm like in my anecdotal research, like 
You did anecdotal research? The straight millennial men are obsessed with like Sharon Van Etten and fucking Japanese breakfast. Are they? Oh my God. Yes. They love the brooding girlies so much. I think that they think that it makes them hot to like the like pensive rock girlies. Absolutely. Okay. Also, Eric Von Denton's in, uh, Wikipedia implies that he's also a singer. So maybe he like, mm-hmm. you know. He like respects her as an artist. He's interested yeah. in music. Right. Mm-hmm. He's now a sales manager at a commodities brokerage firm. Oh so he needs God. to like, at the end of a, a hard day of work, he needs to like kick back, back and listen to Sharon Von Etten, you know? Oh, the markets, the markets, the markets. And then he has to come home and listen yeah, exactly, to Exactly. Exactly. Hello, Weekly. Um, I'm wondering if you could talk about the who's and them's of vitamins and minerals. Like, I feel like vitamin C and vitamin D are them's. But, like, are any of the B vitamins them? I mean, I don't know. And uh, I feel like calcium is them on the mineral side. But, like, is is magnesium a them? Do people talk about magnesium? Um, I don't know. Uh, crunch, crunch. Bye. Wow. An iconically impossible question to answer. The who's and them's of vitamins and minerals. <laughs> the caller only called out vitamin them? C, vitamin D, magnesium, calcium, and the B vitamins. So I guess let's just say B12 because that's the only one I can think of. All the other B vitamins are who's, I'm sorry. The only them B vitamin is B12. You think B6 and folate? It, no. Folate is not a B. You think B6 and B complex are who's? No. I've never understood what B complex meant. I still don't know. Okay. B12 is a them. C is definitely a them. Oh, my God. D is a huge them. Oh. The question is, there are them if you know what they do. Like, do you know what K does? I know I know what the K not vitamin does. <laughs> okay. Do you know what vitamin K does? No, I don't. Do you know what vitamin e, do you know what vitamin E does? No. K is um it's in spinach. It helps make proteins that are needed for blood clotting and the okay. building of bones. Okay. K for kale. E is main role is to act as an antioxidant scavenging loose electrons. Uh okay. I, who cares? Fine. That's we don't need the hooiest thing I've ever heard in my life. I know. So we know e. A, we know D, we know yeah. C, we know B12. And then for minerals, sodium. Well, are the, these aren't things that people are taking. You're not taking a zinc. sodium pill. I love to take zinc. I love know? to take I'm zinc. Like oh, zinc's a, zinc's a big them. There was like one study at like early in the minute. It was like, take your D and your zinc. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Right. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> You know what actually is a big a big B though biotin, which is a B seven, but no one calls it B seven. I know, bi- I would call biotin of them for sure, for sure. Yeah, well, that's technically B seven. I only know her stage name. <laughs> so mineral, we have calcium. Huh? We yeah. have you know fluoride. We do know that one. It's in the water. Iron. Yeah. We're taking iron. We are taking magnesium. That is a them sometimes. Potassium. We need it. And zinc when we're sick. Everything else. Everything selenium, you're naming is a them. Manganese. Yeah. What's that? Iodine, I know what that is, but I'm not taking it. Copper, I know what it is, but I'm not taking it. Iodine's in the salt. It's fine. We iodize the salt. (sighs) This is getting exhausting. Yeah, but the point is, like, if if we recognize them, the vitamin is a them. We should name the ones that are whose, and it's all those other ones that you were like, I don't know, like, but but I just feel like whatever the most popular multivitamin, whatever it includes, that's a them. Do you know what I mean? I'm looking at the multivitamin. It's probably like Centrum Silver or whatever. The nine best multivitamins according to the strategist. Okay, let's look at the Nature Made multi for him. Sorry. Oh my god, I literally clicked on. I just clicked on Nature Made. Okay, what's Nature Made include? All right, we have. Oh, there's so many. Vitamin A. Is that a? Is that a them? Yeah. Yeah. Vitamin C. Yeah. 
Vitamin D3. See, there are all these different Ds. No, D3 is the good one. Yeah, D3 is the good one. That's the one I know. I need yeah. the one that's like sunshine. Them. That's vitamin E. We already established that's a them. Vitamin K. I didn't really know it, but if it's in here, I guess it has to be a them. Thiamin. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That's a who. Thiamin, I've never heard of you. No. Thiamin? No. That's a who. Is that fine? <laughs> Riboflavin. I see her around all the time. But who is she? I think she? she's what cuspy. Does she do? She's cuspy. She's trying. She's Julia okay. Fox. Riboflavin is Julia okay. Fox. Niacin. Who are them? Who? Who? Yeah, vitamin B6. Oh, for your face. For your face of them, though. B6? I don't even know her. That's a who. Folate. I hear about her all the time. She's a she's I a do. Them. Folic acid's important. I hear yeah. about her. B12. We established that she's a them. We love B12. Biotin. Biotin we established love it. then. Pantothenic calcium. acid, which is calcium. I don't know what that is. Calcium. It's a type you're of calcium. A, a type of calcium? No, you're a who. It's like calcium is Chris Evans and pantothenic acid, acid is his gay brother. Okay, that's what okay, it is. Okay, great. Iodine, yeah, them. Magnesium, them. Zinc, them. Selenium? No, I don't know her. I really don't. It's like, what? It's like sodium? Like Sodium like selenate? Salt. No, she's a who. Do I need Copper, that? Copper, them. Manganese, How we established. That? That's a who. <laughs> Chromium, I know her from Aaron Brockovich. I hope it's not the one in Aaron Brockovich. That's a them, I think. <laughs> And this last one, never met her. Can you say her? What What is her name? Molib Molibidenum. <laughs> I don't know her. I Molibidenum. <laughs> Molibidenum is this who he is. Molly Molibidenum. Someone's gonna call and be like, "We need Molibidenum to like make whatever and do in our bodies." To it's live. good and for it's our like, white blood cells. Blah 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 blah. Shut up. <laughs> like I don't care. So today we're gonna talk about this fascinating trace mineral, molybdenum. Try to say that three times fast. It's a very strange uh, sounding trace mineral, but it does some interesting things. It's a coenzyme for many chemical reactions in your body. And that's what trace minerals do mainly is they, they're involved in a lot of different uh, cofactors or co-helpers in biological pathways. I take a multivitamin, so I get all these things. I do a la carte. I really only take like three. I should take more. I should take a multivite. I just feel like multi, you just get them all. You're like, yum, yum, yum. I was at my pregnant friend's house a few weeks ago and she was taking her gummy prenatal vitamins. Uh-huh. And I was like, can I have one? And she was like, sure. <laughs> so I had one. They were tasty. <laughs> they made me feel a little weird afterwards. They like, they like no, numbed they my didn't. mouth. They numbed my no, mouth. No, they didn't. There's one of the no, vitamins kind of numbs your mouth. And I was like, my mouth feels no, they good. Didn't. And she was like, yeah, it does that. Yeah. And then I freaked out and I Googled, are non-pregnant people allowed to take multivitamins? And it was like, oh, don't do it all the okay, time, well. but like, it's not going to hurt you. All right. You did You did exactly what I thought you were going to do. But it's really meant for pregnant people. Yeah, totally. It was tasty. It was gummy. Okay. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who's There, our weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. <laughs> Keep calling in for episodes as fun as this one. Thank you to Katie and Eric of The Who's for providing our read a theme song. Thank you to Timmy, our research and editorial assistant, for researching and editorializing. Support us on patreon.com slash whoweekly for bonus episodes, a newsletter, a Discord server, subscribe on iTunes. For the episodes, all you get are the episodes, but it's a great deal, and you can just do it in your Apple Podcasts app. Thank you to Apple Podcasts for spotlighting us this month. Pre-order my novel, The Old Place, uh, wherever you get your books. And we'll see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Oh Bye. It'll be it'll be August when we come back. That's bananas. See Bye. Ya. Jane Lynch sending Mandy Matney from the Murdoch murders like hate mail every day of her life. <laughs> oh my god. Mandy would eat her alive. <laughs> Don't come for Mandy. 
She's done too much work. That guy's going to jail. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby, this is just a PSA that early voting or voting of some kind, local vote elections have started. Um, we really need to get out and vote as hooligans um, if we want to have Dakota Johnson pregnant for another four years. It's a very crucial election, so we really have to, to get out to the polls, you know, as Hillary Clinton says, Pokemon Go, to the polls and vote for Dakota Johnson to be four year, uh, pregnant for four more years. Crunch, crunch, me and democracy. Um, who is Ava Max? I swear I've even heard this name, like, on your podcast before, and yet there's nothing. And I thought that I was a better student than this. And yet pop base and pop crave and everything is like Ava Max went to Selena Gomez's birthday party. And I'm like, I mean... I guess she's kind of pretty and looks like she had fun, but who is she? Thanks, French. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. I'm hoping Timmy can act as a tiebreaker here or a second vote of some sort. As long as I've been listening to the podcast and you've talked with the Chainsmokers, you've always referred to Alex Paul as the hot one and Drew Taggart as the not hot one. And it's always bothered me because I can't tell if you're joking because Drew Taggart's obviously the hot one. I don't know. All right. Um, Tim Devo, lesbian, bye. Who is Troy Gutierrez? I just got a suggested tweet with photos of Troy and some man at something, I think, in France. I don't know who this person is, but Twitter thinks that I should know who this person is, and I'm laying down and can't type. So I called you. Um, hoping you can enlighten me. Um, big fan, a uh, long time, long time. That should have gone at the top. Um, live in La Vida laptop. Hi, sorry, calling back. Um, he, Troy, is with Richard Madden in Italy. Who is this? Who is Richard Madden? Who are these people? Please help. Crunch, crunch. <laughs> 